0: Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talkin' Schmodown. Uh, I am your host, Josh Mercrainer, here with episode number 63. We got a good one uh, this week, talking about a couple of really great matches. And a brand new episode of uh, Friday Night Titans, second episode. Great stuff. We got the ruling class versus plot twist. Ruling class being Ty Lieberman, Whitney Seibold. Uh, plot twist being Liz Shannon Miller And Brandon Hannah, two brand new teams. And I got to say, they looked fantastic. Uh, I was very, very pleased with what I saw. But then we get our main event tonight Janine the Machine taking on the newly dubbed Mr. Irwin, formerly big time Ethan Irwin, big time no more. He is now just Mr. Irwin so yeah let's get into everything you know we had a like i said it was a great uh, a great episode of friday night titans as usual i'm excited to uh, to see where this goes and we got a little extra scene uh to start things off uh we got harloff and gucci you know they're they're talking and uh gucci says he wants a match for his faction harloff's like all right you want a match You got one and he whispers it to him it's it's all secretive here uh we find out at the end however um but right now this sets up stuff going on for for the finstock exchange um it shows you know harloff being back in charge finally like we we really haven't seen a lot of that since you know uh, the season started so that's nice to see uh grace out of the way obviously and everything so Parloff back in charge, giving his stuff. And like I said, that I called this, uh, the pre show scene because, uh, we, this happens before even the previously on takes place. This is just something that happens right out, right out the gate. Then we get the previously on, which I, I'm still, I love this. I love that they do that. It keeps, it gets everybody caught up for what's about to happen in the show it makes it makes this feel like a legitimate show and that's what i love about it uh and then we get our cold open for the night koi jandrew and the flirting flouse uh flouse says he wants to challenge shazam you know he's confident that the ruling class can take on shazam koi says they're not gonna play shazam but you are gonna play the quirky mercs and this is when we are introduced to a brand new team. I mentioned them at the very top of the show. Uh, plot twist: Liz Shannon Miller, Brandon Hanna, Brandon the Hornet, Hanna now dressed dressed up like the Green Hornet, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, and these two teams, like I said, man, they they really showed me a promise. You know, I was really uh, pleased with uh, with how everything went down in, in this match. And, uh, I love that uh, at the end of this scene, Koi, he, you know, he goes over to flowers. He's like, man, I want to tell you about, about your, your latest album. It sucked. I thought that was hilarious. Brett does a great job as a flouse. Uh, I, it's one of the funniest characters that they've got on and uh, the Down. I was sad that we didn't really get a lot of him at all last season. Cause he was over in the FCL, you know, he's a former, technically a former FCL champion. So, uh, for those of you who, who are watching the FCL, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So we you know we get to the show, we get our opening intro with an, that amazing theme from David B, the amazing intro of video package which I love, and they go right into the match. You know we get the ruling class plot twist. Uh, <laughs> the ruling class comes out first plot with uh, was the flirt and flouse, not really seeming like he knows what to do on stage. Um, You know, it's a brand new studio. Seems like he's not quite sure what he's doing up there. Uh, He's got to get too close to the camera and everything. Whether that was all on purpose or it was just Brett not being quite familiar with uh, hitting his mark on this uh, new stage. I don't know, but either way, it made me laugh. Uh, Then we we also got to see Jillian Marie from Simple Point of View uh, out there uh said to be helping flowers with some managing uh because it's his very first foray into managing uh and i'll be honest i was confused i was like okay it's like she was a you know a a backstage interviewer um and she's on certain point of view and she's great you know as both those but i was really confused i was like okay why (laughs) but it seemed to uh i mean not necessarily make sense but what they were going for paid off in the end and throughout the match uh they were doing some funny stuff with her uh and i'll be honest the stuff that she did especially in the in the post interview was brilliant it was hilarious and i i absolutely loved it uh we get the uh, plot twist comes out we get ken knapsack calling brandon still calling him the Hitman. um i don't know if he had it wrong on it because he's you know he, he reads off a card so I don't know if he had it wrong on the card or if he just had forgotten that his name is now the Hornet. Uh, Ellis winds up uh, correcting him after the fact, which uh, I, that stuck out to me right away. I was like, he's not the hitman anymore, Ken. Come on, you gotta you gotta get with it if you're gonna be the announcer. Um, and there's a running theme throughout this match of, of Brandon Hanna being nice now. You know, he spent more, several seasons as the bad guy you know he getting under people's skin uh he got under my skin a lot when it first happened and then it, it just kind of became like a a funny thing to to kind of tease him and, and kind of banter with him back and forth on twitter it was uh it was actually really fun uh brandon's actually a really cool dude outside of this <laughs> and i like that we're kind of going to get to see that side you know that nice guy uh, side of him we'll see how long it lasts though uh, so yeah, we we get into round one, the ruling class, they get a perfect round, both of them. Uh then Whitney gets the bonus tie, unfortunately for him, does not uh get that, but a perfect round coming into this game. Whitney's always been a good player, but there have been a lot of times where he's just been kind of hit or miss. Uh, we didn't, you know, we just saw tie last season. We didn't get a whole lot. Of exposure to him so it, it's it's it, to me i felt like it was really nice to finally get um just to, to really see both of them shine like this because they are both damn good uh competitors and uh they they showed that here uh brandon uh, however had a bit of a rough round one missing three questions Liz missing one uh and so they dropped behind by five points right there at the uh, at the end of round one here 21 to 16. it was rough you know i was hoping for it to be a little bit closer at the end of round one but i also i'll be honest i was not expecting a perfect round uh from from uh, uh the ruling class i really wasn't and maybe that's just me underestimating and shame on me i suppose but i really i was not i was expecting it to be a little a little closer so we getting to round two, uh, again, Julie Marie back out uh, with, with the guys there. But she's being a little bit, you know, overshadowed behind, uh, kind of in between Ty and, and Flouse. And it, this is kind of where things kind of start. Um, we're seeing her just kind of pushed to the back a little bit. Uh, and it really culminates in, in the, the post-interview. And so they spin Ice Cube. They're, they're they're not happy with that. So they respin, grab scores, and soundtracks. They miss their first question, and plot twist gets a two-point steal here. But they get the rest of their stuff and it puts them up nine points. So plot twist has a lot of ground to cover. You know, nine points in order to just to tie it up. And to a lot of players, to a lot of teams that might seem a little daunting. But Plot Twist, you know, they they pull it out. They, they, they did such a good job here. Uh, <laughs> when it was time for Plot Twist to, to have their turn, what I thought was funny plot, uh, Flouse came out and he went over to their table. Brett Sheridan doing an amazing job uh, playing this character, getting the humor out there. It was fantastic. Jilly had to go over and pull him back over to the other side it was it was it was really funny to watch and they spin wizarding world and they take it which i gotta say i would have been shocked if they hadn't because you know brandon being inner geekdom and uh i know that's like one of his strengths anyways the wizarding world and uh, apparently it's one of liz's strengths as well and so it's it would have actually shocked me had they spun away from uh that one and they wind up using their last repeat in round two so they're tapped out but they wind up going perfect here taking the lead finally you know they're down by five when it came to the end of the round one then they you know when after uh they were done with with uh, the ruling classes round in round two they were down by nine so like that's like i said daunting that's a big gap but getting perfect round here Taking that lead finally, it was. I, I I I thought I had some breathing room. I was like, okay, because I was rooting for them to be totally honest with you. And so I was like, okay, I, they could do this. This is a, a way more interesting game now. You know, uh, I am I I love games where it's really close. It's like a nail biter. The tension is there. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, shutouts are, are they can be cool. You know you. You get the occasional knockout. It's like holy shit, what just happened? But I love the nail biter type games, and getting that close uh, after round two, just ahead by one point, twenty eight twenty seven. That's right where where you want to be. That's a sweet spot. But when you're even when you're that close, there's really no room for error, and that's the problem here. Uh, is you know we get into round three. And Brandon unfortunately misses his two pointer, and this, I, this is really this is the thing that cost them the match. Yes, you know if if he had picked up a couple more points in round one, uh, or even just one point, that you know things would have been different. If Liz had gotten her point, you know the one that she missed, you know round one could have could have reshaped things. But they had gotten ahead, and so all they needed to do was was clear round three, and they would have taken this. Unfortunately, Brandon was not able to uh, to get that two-pointer. And the ruling class was able to get all three. And they wound up winning it by 1.37 to 36. It was, uh, it was heartbreaking. But I was still oddly happy for the ruling class because I love Whitney. Um, and I think him and Ty are a perfect team. Like, they, they are perfectly matched up, and they're entertaining to watch. And so, I gotta say, I was actually kind of okay with this, you know? And they, I'll be honest, both teams really did have a great game. You know, uh, Brendan had, you know, a few missteps throughout. But, you know, it, nothing, like, egregious, you know? It's not like he only answered, like, five in his first, and then... You know, they botched you know a bunch in round two or something like that. You know, he he missed a few and it happens. But that's the problem is when they went almost perfect. I think the total they missed two questions. You know, they missed Ty missed the, the bonus and then they missed the, the, the one question in round two. And that was it. Ruling class only missed those two questions. So you, when you have a team like that, who's going to play like that, you really got to be on your, on the ball. You can't be missing. Unfortunately for them, that's the way it, it was, you know? And if Brandon had been able to get that two pointer in round three, this would have been a completely different scenario. You know, they would have, they would have came up from behind five points in round one and they could have won it that way. Uh, but it, you know, that's the way, that's the way it goes. You know, if, if, Wishes were fishes, the world would be an ocean. You know, that's that's, that's what they say. Uh, and I, the one thing that I hope is that this loss, the the gameplay from Brandon, which I think was still damn good, especially since he is a, a an IG centric player. Like he can do singles and teams, but he is IG centric. And so I'm ho- for him to still do that well. I think is very impressive, and but I I just hope that this doesn't cause any sort of like tension uh, or issues between him and Liz as a team, you know, because I like them as a team, and I think he can he can get better, you know, if he studies the you know the the, the singles type of categories uh, a bit more, branches out from just the IG. I think he can really step up his game, and like I said, the ruling class, man. That's a, that's a fantastic team. I, I could see them winning a belt down the line so we'll see we'll how to keep in, keep our eyes on them. Uh, so then like I kept alluding to we get to the post interview they start off with the ruling class and <laughs> the thing that I kept focusing on because it's just I, I couldn't keep my eyes off it was Jilly in the background just trying desperately to stay in frame uh, from behind way way back behind. Uh, Flouse claims that he, she was just there. Uh, he was giving her a chance to, he was giving her a certain point of view is what he was saying, uh, you know, playing on the show that she co-hosts and, uh, you know, just bringing her up there as a fan. And she disagreed, you know, she was told that she was there to help him to manage, uh, this. And so I, I just thought it was hilarious. The whole dynamic that they had there. I don't know if she's going to ever come out with them again or like what's going to happen. But I thought it was it was really fun and, and funny to see what she was uh, doing because like I said typically on the schmodown she's just like a backstage interviewer and to see her doing other stuff I don't know I, I really I really dug it I hope we get to see some, some more stuff like that uh, then we get uh, the interview with uh, the other team we got Brandon he's hilarious as a face Uh <laughs> This post-interview, he he cracked me up so much. So you could even see Koi trying really hard to to hold back the laughter. You know, uh, it was... (laughs) This is a side of Brandon that I'm really not used to. So it was really fun to to see him like that. Um, But then we got a little... I don't know if you'd call this a foreshadowing, maybe? Of Andrew Guy... Leaning back into that heel side, possibly becoming a heel commentator, which I would love. Um, Now that the Schmodown has a designated line judge, the commentators can be a little biased here and there because the challengers aren't up to them in the end. And so I kind of want to see Guy go back to being a heel as a commentator this is something that you get in wrestling all the time you get you get face and heel commentators um just like how we have like the play-by-play and the color commentators you know it's something that i i really am hoping that we get to see here and we like i said we got a little bit of what i uh, what i'm going to call a foreshadowing here with a guy calling coy and and plot twist horrible people you know he was really kind of kind of bagging on them and uh I don't know. I mean, that's that screams heel tactics to me. And so if we're going to get some, some heel and face commentators, let's do it. And Guy's the perfect one, I think, to, to start that with. Uh, I really hope that they dive deeper into that. Okay, then we got uh, a scene in between matches here. We got Janine and Alex Marzonia starting it off. He's giving her some quick words of encouragement. It was nice to see Alex. I feel like I haven't seen him in forever. And uh, after he leaves... Kaiser and Smets come in, and they bring uh, Janine into the dungeon officially. So now she has her faction, and this made the most sense, right? I mean, you got um, you got Roxy betraying Smets, and then betraying um, um, Janine. You know, by by doing that, by causing uh, Janine to lose trust in Roxy, and so. It made the most sense for her to go over to the dungeon, you know, and storyline-wise, and so we could have this this feud continue. You know, we had uh, Smets and Chandru. Now we've got Mister um, Irwin and Janine, and we can really kind of kind of push that. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get Janine a, a good team's partner soon. Um, we'll see kind of where that goes. All right. Then we're going to get into the uh, match: Janine the Machine versus Mister Irwin. Another great match here. Uh, I really like that. For this one, at least, they did a side screen career stats for both of them, which I thought was really cool. I liked that a lot. Actually, I hope that they continue to do that. Um, I don't know if they're going to do that for all of them. They didn't do it for the first one because the, these were two brand new teams, you know, so they didn't they didn't have any actual stats. Um, I guess technically they could have maybe done something with um, the individual players stats, but uh, if they're going to, if they're going to work just team stats, you know, it makes sense for them to have not had them there, but I hope that it continues. Uh, We'll see on the next uh, episode this Friday. Uh, There was something that happened when uh, Ethan came out that I wouldn't say necessarily bothered me, but it, it, It kind of almost confused me. Uh, Ethan's getting booed, obviously. You know, he betrayed Janine. He he turned heel, joined Roxy. And so the crowd's booing him. And he says, I'm used to this. And my first thought was, since fucking when? You know, he's always been a fan favorite. And so, like, when... how, How the hell are you used to being booed? I can't think of a time where I can remember the crowd overwhelmingly booing Ethan Irwin. I just don't. Because he's always been like a face. And so, I just... Maybe I'm missing something, but I, I don't see where how that made any sense to me. I don't honestly know why he said it. Um, there were a few things in this episode that seemed off-character. Um, we'll see again at the end of this in the, in the post-interviews. There's some off character stuff that I'm just like, what the hell is happening here? Why are they going this way? But we'll see. You know, I'll talk about it when we get there. All right, so uh, we get to the match, and surprisingly, Ethan misses his first question. I was like, oh shit, okay, um, maybe maybe he's not as prepared. That's not the case, but I I was wonder, I worried that maybe he wasn't <laughs> as prepared as he could have been. Uh, Janine winds up using a couple of repeats right in round one. You know, it's, it's not looking great for, you know, when it comes to that, they both have solid rounds, but they both also made mistakes here. You know, out of 20, 10, questions each, the score winds up being eight to seven, uh, in favor of, uh, Mr. Irwin. So they both, you know, they both made a few mistakes here, but solid rounds overall. We're getting around to Janine spins, modern classics. And I don't see I I have a kind of a problem with modern classics just because like what designates something as a modern classic, you know, is there a time frame? I'm I'm just really curious about what the criteria are for a modern classic. So, like, you land on that. It's like what what fucking movies could be in it? I have no idea because they could consider something a modern classic, but you might not. So I have no idea. I'd love to hear, because like how with the streaming one, how they have a list, I would kind of like to see what what they consider modern classics, what kind of movies are, are, are in this category. But she spins away from it, which I probably would have too, for the reason that I was just talking about. Uh, it's You don't really, it's hard to lock in on what you might wind up getting. And she winds up landing on courtroom dramas and legal thrillers. That's a tough one. Um, unless you're really into those types of movies, I feel like that's a that's a tough category. And uh we see that for Janine here. Uh, it's it was not easy. She she's clawed and scraped her way through it. Um, she does give up a, a one-point steal to Ethan. Uh she does, she almost gives up a two-point steal here with uh the dark waters question. Um She answered black water. Ethan answered dark water, but the answer was actually dark waters, which that movie, I I, it's a really good movie. Um, and I knew the answer right away, uh, which I was happy about. And I'm glad that Ellis caught the mistake because guy was ready to give him the points for saying dark water and Ellis was on the ball. He caught that mistake And was like no it's dark waters not dark water nobody gets the point that was it was a it was a it wasn't controversial at all but it was a it was definitely noteworthy and an interesting miss to to see go down um that movie didn't get a lot of get a lot of play not you know people didn't talk about it a a lot i think it was a bit bit underrated i actually really enjoyed that one quite a bit uh so then ethan goes up spins samuel l jackson and stays with it. I feel like this is a category that could get kind of deep and kind of broad just for the simple fact that Sam like, like Samuel Jackson, is kind of known for being in like everything. You know, he's in so many movies, it's kind of ridiculous. So, like, it, it could almost be anything, really. Um, but Ethan goes perfect here in round two. So, that, it didn't really matter whether or not it. it you know it was too broad. Janine only wound up getting 5 points, you know. So like I said, she she kind of scraped her way through it and it wasn't great for her unfortunately because she winds up 7 points behind at the end of round 2. Uh Irwin leads 19 to 12. Not a good place for Janine to be in at this point, you know. It's really difficult to come back. You know, like in the in the previous match, we had a deep gap at the end of round one, but then only a one-point difference in round two. This matchup was the opposite, a one-point difference in round one and then a deep gap in round two. And the deep gap in round two is where things get tricky because the probability of you coming back from a seven-point deficit is almost impossible. It really is. You know, it, it really, it all depends on how well the other player plays in round three. Cause like if, if they bomb out, then sure. But there's no guarantee there. And it's, it's, it's a terrible place to be. Uh, so we get into round three, Janine manages to tie it up after her five, you know, she missed her three point question. And so she was able to at least tie it up, avoiding the TKO But that meant that all Ethan had to do was get one of his questions, and he easily did that with his two-pointer. You know, Janine got this awesome uh, five-point double dragon question uh, correct, which I thought was awesome. I could not, I could not for the life of me pull that movie. I was like, what, what video game movie would they be in? And it's like, uh, I I think, I think I said. is it dead or alive? DoA? Uh, I think that was what I said. I was like, I, I was, I was just guessing. I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. I had totally forgotten about Double Dragon, uh, so I was like thrilled when she hit that. You know, because was like, oh, she still has a chance—a very, very slim chance. But you never know. You know, there, there's a world out there, a universe in the multiverse out there, where Ethan Irwin bombs out all of round three. It could happen. You know, we know he's not, uh, in, you know, not infallible. He, he missed questions in round uh, one. He missed that. Uh, he got that steel wrong in round two. Um, I don't even know if he would have known that question because she said black water and he was like, uh, is it dark water? Like he didn't, he was guessing, making like an educated guess about that movie, so I'm curious if he would have even known that. So if he gotten questions like that, you know, there's always a chance that that could have happened. But unfortunately for Janine, it did not happen here. So, you know, it, was a, it sucks to see. I love Janine. Um, it's just it was it was hard to watch. You know, it's hard to watch her uh, get this far. You know, have to deal with roxy and and the attitude and everything and just to just to lose to ethan especially after you know she did really well last season she was a comeback player of the year last season um beat dan merle you know so like we know she's she's a great player and i hope that this doesn't hold her back too too far i hope that she gets some more matches this season we got the free-for-all coming up next month and so maybe she'll do well there i don't know we'll see uh, but Ethan winds up winning uh, 21 to 19 here. You know, uh, bravo to Mister Ethan. He did he did very well. He really did. You know, he missed at the two in round one, uh, and then just missed that steal. And if he had gotten that steal, she would have never been able. Once she missed that three pointer, it would have been over. You know, it, it, there would have been. She wouldn't even have been able to answer her five. So they would have gotten that that TKO. That that S. That the one letter cost him the TKO. And uh, you know, that's just unfortunately how it kind of how it goes. You know, uh, you miss something, you lose something. It is what it is. So then we get to the 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 interviews, the post match interviews, and this is what what I was saying where we had some character discrepancies I'll say. Uh we had Roxy not allowing Jen Sturger to ask questions outside of ones that pertain to the match itself. And Jen just like backs down acts real timid around her just kind of lets her lets Roxy just like steamroll over her. And I'm like this is not Jen Sturger. Like, what is going on here? Jen Sturger is a badass. You know, she gets in people's faces. She asks the hard questions. She, she is willing to, to say the things that others may not be willing to say. And to see her just kind of roll over for Roxy, I'm like, no. This is not okay. Like, I do not want to see this happening. Roxy should never have that kind of power. Over Jen, Jen should be the one person who will always give it back, and like she could have, you know, she could have been like, "Nah, I'm gonna ask these questions. It's my job." And then Roxy could have just been like, "Well, then this interview's over," and they could have walked. And I think that would have been better. It would have kept Jen looking, uh, her character looking strong, and it would have still made Roxy a strong heel in that. You know what I mean? I, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of the way it was kind of went down but uh, that's me. Let me know your thoughts. I'm curious. At Movie blogmark on Twitter, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, or if you're in the if you're in the chat, you know, just throw me a line. Uh, I totally will uh, will, will, will read some, something from the from the comments. <laughs> uh, they then reveal that the match that Harloff had whispered to Gucci, uh, they revealed what that is and it's going to be the barbarian versus Sam Levine in a number one contenders match and on next week's or on this week's I should say uh episode of Friday night titans that's right number one contender match with the winner facing Marisol McKee at the, the pay-per-view the following week and so that's gonna be good you know barbarian you know he he earned that spot and Sam Levine you know he he got himself the spot but he is a, you know he at least when he was active a damn good player forced to reckon with you know double champ and so i uh, does he have ring rust i guess we'll see because uh it's been a, wa- a long time you know he retired prior to uh the the digital league i i honestly i don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 um, but it was prior to the digital league, so it's been at least a couple years since he's actively played, and so I'm sure that he's been studying and mock matches and all that. And uh, I hope he's ready. You know, uh, I'm excited to see. I'm rooting for Sam. You know, I want to see him uh, pull this out. I hope he comes out with with Rachel. I really that's what I want to see because he's not on a, uh, a faction. So because he gave that up. And so I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, it's gonna I think it's gonna be it's gonna be good. And then we get our post scene. We got Adam Witt with JTE. JTE is pissed about losing to uh, uh, Brendan Meyer the week before, and he he wants a partner, a teammate, so that they can dethrone Shazam. He wants to take them down. And Adam Witt brings out none other. Then Paul Preston. T H E V Paul Preston, which I love. And I think this will be a damn good team, man. I love these. I love I love Paul. JTE has shown that he is a great player. I may not always like him, but he's a great player. And I think the two of them together, it'll make for an interesting team. And I knew I knew that Paul was gonna wind up on Adam Witt's team on, on the fan favorites, because I mean it's it makes sense to the movie guys. You know, they are the movie guys that came in together as a team. It makes sense that now that he's making his own faction that he'd bring Paul in since he's no longer on the den. Uh, It it just made sense to me. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. You know, we got, like I said, the pay-per-view coming up a little over a week from now on the 25th, I think. Um, It's a it's a pay-per-view version of Friday Night Titans so it'll be behind the paywall be, uh, on Patreon. And uh, I'm excited for it. You know, a big big match, Marisol McKee versus either uh, The Barbarian or Sam Levine. I don't know. Uh, I feel like, no, though, no matter who it is, I'm still going to be rooting for Marisol. I want her to hold on to that. I want her to, to defend uh, and, and keep that title for a bit. But, uh, yeah, a, a lot of good stuff coming. You know, I hope that we get to see some more variety of matches soon. I, I, I'm wanting some, some multiplayer matches like a three, four or five player match. I, I really want to see that happen. Um, I'd love for us to finally get like our first star Wars match. You know, I know he's not going to be doing a lot of focus on star Wars, but still pepper it in here and there. You know, I'd love to get that, get a four way star Wars match, you know, um, at the pay per view, That would be pretty awesome. I, I just hope that we it's not going to be, oh, we're not going to do any Star Wars until Star Wars Celebration. That's going to suck. You know, like, these these guys and girls, they bust their ass to, to, to study and, and to make sure they're at the top of their game for the Star Wars division. And I understand that, you know, there's a budget and everything. I get it. I totally, totally get it. But there's got to be something that can be done. Um... Like, I, I have recommended this before, even if you, you, you sprinkle match here, matches here and there, but I really, really hope that they do some sort of tournament. Um, just Even if it's just like a one tournament, eight people, even if it's a digital tournament. I know he doesn't like digital, but like what they did it on Twitch. Even if it's that, just give us something, man. I really, really hope that we get to see uh, more of I'm I, I may not be able to answer the Star Wars questions, but I, I like watching the matches, you know, and so I, I don't want to lose that. You know, we didn't have the nearly the amount of Star Wars players, and they turned the, the, the whole faction thing into you got to have, you know, a singles player, you got to have a team, you got to have an IG player. And you got to have a Star Wars player. But if there's not going to be any Star Wars matches, then what the fuck is the point? You know what I mean? So, like, you have all these factions who each have a Star Wars player. But if they're not going to play, then what is the point? So I really hope that something happens. Really hope. And I hope that he figures out what the hell is going to actually be happening with the factions. Because, again, like, if he doesn't care, then why should we? Like i like the storyline stuff but it's gonna get to a point where it's like okay well what is what is actually gonna happen with these factions anything nothing is it just like oh this is where we are like i don't know and i because i think it may you know he talked about how getting rid of the factions will open up storylines but like keeping the factions still stifle certain storylines because like you're not going to be able to team up certain people if they're on different factions. If you decide, you're going to have to go through this whole thing. It's like, oh, they're going to leave that faction and go to this other faction. It's going to it's gonna make things messy there. Um, so I don't know. I, I really hope that he figures out what exactly they're going to do with the faction stuff going for the rest of the season. But I don't know what's going to happen. But Thank you guys for watching uh, this week, episode 63 of Talkin' Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merck Rainer. You can catch me on Twitter at Movie Blog uh, If you, uh, you're obviously if you're watching this, you're watching on my uh, channel Merc with the Movie Blog. Uh, so please hit that like button, smash that subscribe button, and click that little bell wherever the hell it is on the screen. Click that little bell so you always get notified whenever I drop uh, brand new content. I've got a lot of stuff going on on here. I've got uh, Last Call at McLarens which is a How I Met Your Mother podcast, as well as we cover the How I Met Your Father show, which um, I'll be posting the season one finale episode on uh, Friday. So that will go up then. Um, We've also got, obviously, Talking Schmo down here. We've got Oh, What a Marvel, which will be coming back for Moon Knight. We've got Hey Mando, which is a Mando verse. Uh, review show so, so you know the mandalorian book of boba fett ahsoka and any of them that spin out of, of those um unfortunately will not be doing uh, uh obi-wan i'll be watching obi-wan i'll be talking about obi-wan just in general like on my twitter feed but i'm not going to be doing a, a show for it specifically um got a lot of uh movie trailer reviews uh, things like that and uh i'm going to be doing some actual like movie reviews and, and top 10 lists and things like that coming soon. I've got some ideas percolating in my brain. So uh, keep an eye out for that. If you are listening on uh podcast form, we've got anchor and anchor page anchor.fm slash movie blog. Merc, you can leave me a voice message over there. If, uh, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you can uh, if you want to leave me a five-star review you can write something and i will read that out on air i'll play the voice messages on air as well just tell me what show you are uh, aiming it toward and that's where it will go and uh yeah be sure again like i said follow me right here on twitter at movie blog merc uh, with movie blog on facebook at movie blog merc on twitter and instagram so uh thank you guys again for uh, joining me today and every week for this episode of talking schmodown down uh i hope that you join me next week when we do some more talking schmodown down catch you guys next time